Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year. Managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup. Putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with smart money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year. And me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest. And we'd go up there. And just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom-fitted for a new pair of Tecovis boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Hump Day edition of The Yard. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. It is absolutely frigid here in God's country. It's really, really cold. The grass is already yellow. It already looks like winter. It feels like winter. Uh, the women folk are beginning to wear their boots and their wool sweaters and all that kind of stuff, and we're big fans of that. And so uh, it's leather jacket wearing weather, which is always great for me. But uh, it's like we had about 45 minutes of fall. And we, we waited and waited and waited for fall to get here, never got here, and we weren't able to appreciate the, uh, you know, it, it's almost like like if you're passing through Wiggins, Mississippi, on Highway 49, that's what fall felt like. And all due respect to Wiggins and WIGG, the radio station down there, but it's just a stop on the highway, and that's how fall felt. But it is really, really cold today. 
I don't know if you uh, if you guys have been outside or if you've uh, looked outside or if you woke up uh, with a shiver, but it's wintertime. Wintertime means it's basketball. There's already been some upsets. There's already some crazy things happening in the world of college basketball. Mississippi State still getting ready to play a football game this weekend. Offensive players met with the media yesterday. I was unable to be there. Dave Murray sent me some video. We've already got that up on the side. You want to go check that out. You can see what Tommy Stevens had to say about playing Alabama. We'll have features coming up on Darrell Williams and Farad Green as well. Defensive players will meet with the Bulldog uh, media tonight. And then we'll get ready to go play a ball game. A lot of people are saying, you know, Mississippi State doesn't have a chance. You know, and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm picking Alabama. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I might be a, uh, a Bulldog supporter, but I'm not, an, I'm not a complete idiot. I guess that, that opinion may, uh, may vary. But I expect Mississippi State to go out and compete. I think this is also a chance for Mississippi State to take a step forward as a team and kind of grow up a little bit. I don't like the whole thing about, well, you know, let's just play the scout team this weekend and call it, we'll call it a day. I'm eager to see what Tommy Stevens does. Eager. We'll get into some of that a little bit later in the show. I want to thank our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company. Very, very happy to have a partnership with them. Every time I go in there, they treat you like family. You know, you walk in there, it's like walking in and cheers. You know, everybody seems to know my name. And uh, it's not unique to me. They may not know your name, but they will treat you with dignity, respect, and just have an openness when you show up because they're happy you're there. It is a very well-run establishment. Now there are two locations to serve you, Bulldog Burger Company in Starkville and Tupelo. On University in Starkville, within a stone's throw of campus, within walking distance, and then on Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. I, I, again, I am still on the Lauren train, but I recommend you to find your own favorites. You know, the Mission is still, uh, that, that's still a huge favorite of mine too with the Pico de Gallo on the side, so I can kind of control the distribution. Very much of a snob in that respect. You need to go by and let those folks take care of you. You can have an adult beverage there. You can uh, have a family night there. There's just a lot of options. There's a lot of range with Bulldog Burger Company, but always have the spring rolls. They'll make you and everybody around you better looking, and we all need more of that. Bulldog Burger Company, the place in Starkville and now Tupelo where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. So I don't know if you're aware of this. Uh, I I live in the big maroon bubble. I I don't know how you guys kind of go through life, but... uh, because of the work we do and the things that we're involved in, there's just not a lot of time for a lot of things outside of the big maroon bubble. You know, and you know what? Just so you guys know, I am perfectly happy, perfectly happy to stay right here where I am doing exactly what I'm doing. Big news last night is Kentucky, number one Kentucky, loses last night. Uh, talk about an upset. Yeah, an absolute upset. And, uh, you know, Kentucky had the big win over the weekend. I think we were all feeling great about, you know, their season. And they'll still have a big year, no doubt. Uh, but certainly a change last night. So they, they win the first game of the year, the big marquee matchup with Michigan State. They win that 69-62, and everybody's like, you know what, the Cats are back. Then they destroy Eastern Kentucky 91-49, as every Kentucky team should. And then they drop a home contest to Evansville, 67-64 last night. 67-64. That's a huge surprise and a huge upset. Not that Evansville won't do well in their league. I don't think anybody expected them to go on the road and take down the number one Cats. Uh, 
and Lexington. Big, big news there, uh, needless to say. And, and you know what? I, I'm a fan of that kind of stuff. I like chaos when it comes to college sports. I, I like to know that you never know what's going what's gonna to happen. And maybe it's because of the fact that I grew up a Mississippi State fan and we have been the, the underdogs more times than not. I really pull for the underdogs. And uh, I am a SEC partisan. But when these things happen, I think it's good for the game. It is good for the conference. I think that it is one of those things, too, you look at and say, it's anybody's game on any given night. I also don't feel the least bit, uh, you know, I guess um, sympathy, I guess, for, uh, for some of the folks in the Big Blue Nation, especially those people that make those comments about, uh, about Starkville. I don't even remember that guy's name. That's so insignificant to me. I remember, I remember the comments. I don't remember their name, which I guess is a good thing. But they, these Kentucky folks that look down at Starkville and look down at Mississippi State folks, and, of course, they, they pick us to lose every time we play them in football, despite the fact that we've dominated that series much of the last decade. Uh, but, uh, but nevertheless, I, I hope this morning when they woke up that there, when they got their stale cereal out of the cupboard that there was no milk after they poured it in the bowl. And then I hope when they grabbed their morning paper, that was the headline. And I hope that they, when they go to lunch today, that the waitress is rude to them because of how they treated us. When they, now, of course, they didn't go to Bulldog Burger Company or anything like that because if they had done that when they were in Starkville, they'd have a different opinion of Starkville. Mississippi State men's basketball team will be back in action uh, Thursday night. Thursday night. And, uh, you know, and a lot of people said, well, you know, I'm not sure, not sure what to make of this team. Guys, that's non-conference basketball this time of year. No, no, nobody comes out, especially on the Mississippi State side of things, nobody comes out dominating on the men's basketball side of things. The women's basketball side of things, a little bit different. A little bit different. Because your ladies, despite the fact that we've got some changes this year on the roster, have the look of a dominating team. And we're not even playing great defense yet. Yeah, that's the thing with, with they, Joe, uh, pardon me. You bring in Johnny Harris, you bring in Vic Schaefer, and Vic is billed as the Secretary of Defense. We haven't been a strong defensive team this year. It's two games in. We will be, but we haven't been yet. Mississippi State takes down Tennessee Martin Monday night, 82-46. to the outcome, not a surprise. Really, the margin of victory, not a surprise either. But you're able to get some players going again. State jumps all over them right out of the gate, 19-7 first quarter. Then you win the second quarter, 22-13. For all intents and purposes, the game was over at 41-20 at the half. And then State wins every quarter, 20-13 in the third, 21-13 in the fourth. You know, it was one of the things that uh, – you know, Joy Lee McNellis said on Saturday is they really wanted to win the fourth quarter to kind of have a building block going forward. And you know what? Good for Southern Miss. Uh, that wasn't the case for UT Martin. Mississippi State came out and really kind of showed no mercy. So there have been two regular season games for the ladies, neither of which have been close. This one a little bit different than the game we saw uh, against Southern Miss. Jessica Carter, again, almost like a broken record here, Jessica Carter leading the way, 19 points, 8 rebounds, a pair of blocks, and a steal. Chloe Bibby, and how great is it to have 5-5 back? A dozen points, 
No turnovers again for Chloe. I, I won't miss that. She, she made mention of that over the weekend, how proud she was in their turnovers. So 12 points, no turnovers, and uh, she pulls down seven rebounds. Guys, if we're going to get that kind of effort out of her and she's not the primary scorer, you know what I'm saying, if she can continue to kind of be that solid three-point threat, uh, two of two from the three-point line, five of six from the field, if she's going to be that efficient, we're going to be really, 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 really difficult to beat. When you're getting great post play out of Jessica Carter and then Chloe's able to kind of stretch the floor a little bit and hit from three and get in there and kind of bang some at the four position, we're going to be difficult to beat. There's no question about it. It's uh, one of those things, you know, we, and Andrea Espinosa really hadn't got going yet. She had a better game, put in nine points last night. She hadn't found her groove just yet. She will. Rakia Jackson kind of a tough game on uh, Saturday, has eight points. But they turned her loose and let her shoot a little bit. Actually, she led the team in um, field goal attempts last night with 13, or Monday night, three for 13. So the the shooting percentage was not very good. I kind of like the fact that Vic is turning her loose. You know, we've got the players around you to kind of pick you up a little bit, but we're get, in order for us to advance in conference play, we're going to need Rakia Jackson to be Rakia Jackson. And so... She is a volume shooter, much like Victoria Vivians was early in her career. And so Rakia Jackson needs to kind of shoot her way into it. Perfectly fine with that, not to mention the fact that, uh, you know, with Promise Taylor and Jessica Carter and Chloe Bibby and others, that rebound with such ferocity, you can almost – it's almost like running an offensive play because if, if as long as the misses are not bad and they're not long misses, you're going to win the battle of the boards which is the case most nights for Mississippi State. They did it again uh, 36-27 on Monday night. But again, bringing some people along, some of these young Bulldogs uh, really beginning to kind of make some plays there. Uh, Aliyah Matharo comes in with 15 points, 15 points. And we talked over the weekend about uh, Jemiah Mingo Young. Again, six points for her. But you've got these young dogs that are coming in that are already kind of barking and making some contributions. Eight blocks on a night as a team. Eight blocks, four of those from Yamiah Morris. Kind of a forgotten player right now. You know, she's, again, a new player that comes in there and going to be a great post player long term for Mississippi State. So real happy with the effort. Not a huge shooting night for State. You know, not, not the best night ever shooting. But... Uh, held UT Martin to 14 of 47 from the floor. 14 of 47 and 3 of 18. That's pretty good defensive effort there. That's 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 pretty good. They shoot 29.8% uh, from for the game. 16.7% from three-point line. State is 55.6 from the floor and 57% from the three-point line. State with 39 points off the bench. How about that? Of all the numbers, that's the one that should probably make you feel the best. 39 points on the bench. So uh, let's look over at the men's side of things. I mentioned, you. Know, and by the way, the women will be back in action uh, Friday. Friday against Murray State. Not sure what to think of the racers uh, at this point. But uh, Murray State will come in. You know, it's not a very robust, I guess, early non-conference schedule for the Lady Bulldogs. But... Uh, you know, I think we all feel pretty good about, you know, especially with a younger team, giving them a chance to kind of get their feet wet a little bit, 
cut their college teeth to get out there, making sure we're standing in the right place, making sure we're running the right set, making sure we're playing with effort and all the things that go along with that. Uh, let's see here, women's basketball for Murray State. They lose, oh my goodness, wow. They lost the opener to Mississippi Valley State 76-40. to 76-40, to 40. I think that's right. Maybe not. Now, let me back up a second. That's not right. They lost to Louisville. They played Mississippi Valley tonight. I was thinking, wow, the Delta Devils lighting things up down there. Yeah, women's basketball lost to Louisville 76-40. to 40. The Schedule's a little bit difficult to read. Uh, so we'll have them uh, in town on Friday. And on the men's side of things, you know, we have talked at length about this guard situation with, with Mississippi State. You know, Tyson Carter is not a point guard. He's doing the best he can uh, to get out there and contribute and kind of help run the show. He is a senior, so he understands the importance in ball security. But he's not a natural point guard. And Iverson Molinar is one of those you know, guys that's kind of figuring some things out. Uh, we expect big things from him. I think we all feel the same way about him. They're going to be back in action Thursday against UL Monroe. Obviously, it's a game Mississippi State expects to win. I'm eager to see how we respond you know, after a week of practice, after what happened uh, you know, last weekend. You, know, you win that ball game, but it was an ugly, 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 ugly ball game. I don't think anybody can, can disagree with that. One of those things you look at and say, okay, we got to be better. We can't afford to go down 18 points in a non-conference. Just doesn't make a lot of sense. But be that as it may, Mississippi State wins the basketball game. And now they get ready to take on Yeoman Monroe. And so when I begin to kind of look at these pieces and I think, okay, we're on Nick Wellerspoon watch. we got eight games left. You know, what, what kind of needs to happen? Well, I think one of the things that needs to happen is we've got to continue to be able to break the press. That when Tyson Carter kind of gets hemmed up over there and they double team him, we, we hadn't worked back to him, I think, as well as we probably should. Thought we did a better job, you know, later in that ball game. But uh, Tyson Carter sometimes has been kind of left in no man's land. Some of that's playing with young guys, but you've got a good coaching staff that will get that figured out. They'll figure it out. I, I suspect that we'll see a much better effort against Louisiana Monroe, uh, the Warhawks, on Thursday. Again, that's in Humphrey Coliseum at 6 p.m., it's pretty soon. It's going to be uh, Thanksgiving break around here, and we're not going to have a lot of students here, you know. So we'll uh, we're going to really appeal you know, to you guys around here. But I, but in the games that I have attended so far, I want to give a tip of the cap to our students. Even though we haven't always been at capacity, they have been very very into the ball game, and I, I depend on those students to really kind of set the tone because there are a lot of fans, and I'm not being critical. I'm just, this is just how I see it. They kind of sit on their hands at key moments, and the, the student section is what kind of gets everybody going. The students kind of rise to their feet, and uh, maybe it's because they're a little more in tune to what's going on on the court. But uh, you know, they, they, those students don't have to go get nachos for the kids and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes, as a family man, it's a little bit of a challenge. I get it. And so I have a huge amount of admiration for our students and what they do to create a great atmosphere at Humphrey Coliseum. And I never want to miss the opportunity to tell those students, man, thanks for being there. I know many of you probably have homework you need to be doing and tests you need to study for, but you can take a little time off and come out there and help create a winning environment for Mississippi State. It's always a wonderful thing. 
I had somebody reach out to me here a couple days ago and said, hey, Steve, can we get an update on some of the football freshmen? So that's what we're going to spend some time doing today, and then we're going to talk a little recruiting. You know, people forget last year that we, you know, we put together a pretty solid team last year. You ranked 24th nationally, and according to 247 Sports Composite Rankings, uh, ended up with 21 enrollees, got some transfers on top of all that too. So you, know, you, you hit the number minus one because things didn't work out with Cordless Waitman. But when you look at all those younger guys coming in, you kind of begin to feel good about the rest of you know the future. Charles Cross, of course, is the, uh, I guess, the crown jewel of that class. He is a future NFL left tackle. Now, Charles Cross, people, the, the one thing that Marcus Johnson told me in the preseason, we want to be able to redshirt him this year. And, of course, if things change, then, uh, you know, he's got to play. We never know how that tackle situation is going to work out. Well, as we sit here today, November 13th, Charles Cross's red shirt is still intact. He has appeared in three games, Southern Miss, Kansas State, and then at Texas A&M. So we will see how things progress. I don't expect him to play uh, these final couple ball games. Might see him against Abilene Christian. Then I think that's probably it for him. So it appears, barring something unforeseen, you know, a rash of injuries to offensive tackle that Charles Cross will be able to redshirt this year. And I apologize for the racket. It's not it's not your radio. It's me. It's all me. It's got nothing to do with you. All that said, that was one of our goals is to get Charles Cross to get his feet wet and get him acclimated to college life and get some mass put on him and then for him to have the opportunity to preserve the red shirt and then still have four years to play, it appears that is going to take place. That Those are one of those things I look at and you say at the beginning of the year, man, if it's at all possible, it's going to be a great thing for us long term. And it has been. It has been one of those things that we have managed it really well. I don't know that we always get enough credit for that. A lot of times people think, well, you know, we're just out here running around hoping to get lucky. I don't think that's been the case. Uh, Nathan Pickering, also a guy that uh, we expected him to come in and have to play this year because of the uh, because of the needs of defensive tackle. We knew we were going to be young there. We knew we were going to have to play some freshmen. And uh, Nathan Pickering has already exhausted his ability to redshirt. He has already appeared in five games at Southern Miss, Auburn, LSU, A&M, and Arkansas. And now with three games to play, we certainly expect him to play. Has not really filled up the stat sheet, but that's okay. It's about him kind of getting used to things, kind of making some plays. Just three tackles on the year. Recorded one at Auburn, uh, recorded one at LSU, and then uh, at A&M. But he is a guy that, again, we expect him to be an NFL caliber player before his career at Mississippi State is over. With five games in, though, uh, he is no longer eligible to redshirt uh, this year. But, again, we kind of knew that going in. Uh, DeMonte Russell out of Provine, he played a little bit on special teams earlier, and there was a lot of buzz about him in fall camp about potentially being like maybe a third-down pass rushing specialist for Mississippi State uh, this year. He is a guy, too, physically needs the redshirt year, re- really needs that to take place. Uh, and so with, with three games remaining, he is still redshirting. He has appeared in three games, Southern Miss, Kansas State, and then at Tennessee. He has dressed for some other games, but he has not appeared. And so he still has one more game left to play. I suspect that'll be Abilene Christian. But again, DeMonte Russell, a guy we expect to be an absolute terror off the edge as a pass rusher. And 
four years of eligibility remaining left to play. Jari and Jones was the guy that uh, I think initially we thought, you know what, if we could redshirt him, that is best for us. But then when the Tudor Gate 10 impacted your depth, and of course Mari Smitherman gets injured, Jari and Jones uh, have had to play this year and has played extensively. He has appeared in eight games. You know, the one game that he missed is the one game that he was injured, and that was Arkansas. So Jerry and Jones has played extensively. Uh, again, has not filled up the stat sheet, but I think he's played pretty well, especially for a younger guy. Uh, five tackles on the year and then a fumble recovery and then a couple of pass breakups. So he is rounding in the form. I, I think it's pretty safe to say that you, you feel pretty confident about who your starting corners are going to be uh, the next couple of years. I think Jerry on Jones, Martin Emerson, and Tyler Williams are in there too. I think you feel good about that rotation. And then we'll kind of see, you know, who shakes out on top. But uh, Jari and Cumberland doing a good job this year. Uh, Garrett Schrader, obviously, you kind of know the book on Garrett. The initial plan was for him to play in the four games and in redshirt. And, of course, Tommy Stevens get injured. Garrett has now played in seven games, seven games, and has rushed for 504 yards. He is 75 of 136 passing with five interceptions, but he has thrown for 1,022 yards, seven touchdowns, along of 47. He also has a tackle on the year. I don't know if you knew that. He has a tackle against LSU. You know, I like my quarterback being in the in the defensive statistic categories. But obviously Garrett has played now in seven games. I don't know when we see him again. Maybe against Abilene Christian. I, I don't. I don't know. There's been some talk about maybe seeing him, him and Tommy both on the field at the same time. I fully expect Tommy Stevens to start this weekend, but we'll get into that more on on uh, Friday. Uh, King Ani has not played this year, and we kind of knew that going in. King Ani was one of those guys that he, he wasn't part of the initial fall camp roster when we went to 105, but once it elevated to 120, uh, he joined the team. He showed up on campus a little bit beat up, and so he had to have a couple of surgical procedures to kind of repair some injuries that had lingered throughout his high school career, a state championship high school, high school career, I might add, so he has not recorded any statistical category uh, this year. But, uh, yeah, he will absolutely redshirt and uh, should be good to go. Now, Brandon Cunningham is another one kind of in a similar boat with uh, with King Ana. He showed up and really needed to get ahead academically. So while he has uh, been around and been on the sidelines, he has not participated this year. So uh, he will redshirt. That's one of the things you begin to look at. With these offensive linemen, these high school offensive linemen, when you look at what state's losing, you look at what they've returned, the fact that they're going to be able to retrofit these high school guys and allow them another year in the weight room to kind of get up to speed and get up to SEC shape and SEC strength, you got a chance to do some really good things with them. And so I think you feel good about that nucleus of guys there and their ability to redshirt. Uh, Fred Peters, we had this discussion recently, and I think a lot of people expected Fred to step right in and start this year. I thought he would have a chance to compete and be more in the rotation, but he he cannot redshirt. He has already appeared in nine games this year and really hasn't done an awful lot. He has played a lot on special teams, but uh, has really just kind of been more of a special teams guy and then playing some as a reserve at safety, but uh, really hasn't done much at all statistically. We'll need him to do more next year. There's no question. I'm really not sure you kind of where the disconnect is there. But I know Fred Peters was a guy that a lot of people expected to come in and really compete for a lot of reps. And uh, that just hasn't happened 
uh, to date. Look, Winston Sharp, he was one I think ideally we would have wanted to redshirt, but due to some of the injuries on the interior line there, we've had to play him. That The Arkansas game uh, means that his redshirt year is no longer available to him. And of course, he could redshirt next year if needed. But five games played, played at Louisiana. And that's the game you remember, too, where Darrell Williams, uh, Darian Parker, and Evans Wilkerson all went down. LaQuinson Sharp had to come in. And I think after the Kansas State game, we were thinking, okay, we will just kind of ride this train on out here and maybe redshirt him. We had to play him at A&M due to injuries to um, Stuart Reese and Greg Island. Had to have him and Tommy Champion. And I think we kind of found some things in that ball game. I think this offensive line has kind of found some rhythm with Sharp in the lineup. And so for the last six quarters, State has played pretty pretty well in the running game especially. And I think a lot of that can be attributed to LaQuince and Sharp insertion into the regular rotation so uh, now that the red shirt is off I don't know if you want to just go ahead and ride that ride with a smile here and let him go ahead and start the final three games but it's good to have some options there so again no red shirt this year for LaQuinston Sharp uh, Colin Duncan is a guy that played a little bit early he's been a little bit banged up uh, he has already played in eight games this year so he will not red shirt Again, not really filling up the statistical categories, but he is a guy you look at for next year and you figure he is going to compete for a starting position next year. Uh, so probably good to go ahead and get him some reps and kind of get him ready to go. But uh, mainly a special teams guy, but he is a guy that has already exhausted uh, his four games. He is good to go. Uh, Javante Payton, that kind of goes without saying, right? I mean, and, and I, I will say this, based on the, the returns of him in the fall, I expected more from him this year. I really thought he would be more of an impactful guy because he was making all the acrobatic catches in practice. He was the one guy that if you threw it anywhere within his catch radius, he was going to come down with it. Uh, That has not translated to the field just yet. He's played in nine games. Nine games, uh, has had the one end around, and then he's got just five catches on the year. I really thought he would be a guy that would have 20, 25 catches this year as a secondary-type receiver. That has not really worked out. He has played well on special teams, and it seems like he's the first guy down on every single kickoff and that he gets blocked in the back just about every single time and it never gets called. But that's another conversation for another day. He does have seven tackles, all those on special teams. Uh, So, again, I like where he is athletically, but production-wise, expecting a little more from him, and he will have to be a bigger part of things next year. You guys are aware Kareem Walker was one of those guys that – showed up as an academic redshirt. He was the scout team player of the week last week. Continue to hear him about him doing some good things. So if we get anything from him next year, I will be very, very excited and elated and a little bit surprised because I really thought – I really, I'll be honest with you, I really thought when we had the delayed enrollment that we would never see him. I just I, – I, yeah, I gave up on it, to be honest with you. Uh, Quentin Torber, wide receiver out of Destrehan, has not done much this year. Uh, you know, he, he is redshirting, and it's probably good considering the fact that we've got some juniors and seniors uh, ahead of him on a depth chart not to waste a year of his eligibility uh, just playing a couple snaps. J.P. Purvis is a guy that uh, we continue to hear a lot of good reports about him. There are a lot of people that have good things to say about J.P. Purvis. He has played in four games, so if he plays again the rest of the year, that will exhaust his ability to redshirt. Now, based on the current reports, we do expect him to redshirt. So that likely means that he is done for the season. So just be mindful of that. If you see 23 out there on defense, 
you'll know that uh, his redshirt year has been exhausted. Hasn't done much statistically. He's been a guy that's played some on special teams, participated against Southern Miss, Kansas State, Kentucky, and then on the road at Auburn. But with three games left, still has the ability to redshirt. Nick Penley back to his offensive lineman. You know, when Nick has been in the ball game, he has done exactly what we've expected him to do, and that's get in there and be nasty. And he played against Arkansas and really got out there and kind of plowed a couple people in the ground. I know you saw the video out there on social media. You know, with three games left, Nick can play in all of them and it still maintain his red shirt. You know, and assuming State gets to a bowl game, of course he played that one, he would he would exhaust the red shirt. So that's not going to happen. But I think it's a pretty good safe bet that if he's healthy, that we'll see him play against Abilene Christian. But again, those high school offensive linemen, Cross, Cunningham, Penley, you're able to redshirt those guys. You get them some reps this year, you're able to redshirt them, and you can kind of feel good uh, about the future with them. I think we all feel pretty good about where we sit with those guys kind of moving forward. Uh, Keziah Pruitt's been a little bit banged up this year. He is redshirting, and that's, again, you look at that personnel group. He and Quentin Torber, both the high school receivers, are redshirting. Uh, Pruitt's a guy that has kind of been up and down health-wise even throughout his high school career. And so that's something to kind of consider if we move forward. You know, what, what what's he going to be from an availability standpoint? We mentioned Jari and Jones earlier, Martin Emerson, uh, thing two. I guess he's thing one, technically. Yeah, thing one and thing two. Uh, Martin Emerson, again, has played extensively, played in nine games, three games left to play. He's appeared in all of them, uh, even started a couple. Uh, but, uh, you know, 22 tackles on the year. Had the one interception against Southern Miss for 45 yards and has had a couple pass breakups. Again, you like where this personnel group is going. I think the more talented players are the younger players. And so he's having to you know, basically start in the most unforgiving league in all of college football. He's not technically a freshman yet. I, I, I mean, I continue to be a freshman. I, you know, I think he's got a full year of experience under his belt. So it's not like you put him out there and you can't trust him. You know, he still retains that freshman eligibility, but you know, he is a guy. He's not the typical freshman anymore because we've already asked him to do so much. Jack Harris hadn't done much this year, but but we've had some good reports from practice about Jack. Again, he was a guy that was going to redshirt, and because of the the depth of defensive end, it made sense to go ahead and, and redshirt him this year. Feel good about him. I still think he's a guy in a pinch that could play some at linebacker. Foot speeds, I guess, a little bit of a question mark. I kind of like his first step as a defensive end, as a guy that can set the edge. So we'll see how things kind of progress with him. But he's a guy that uh, hadn't done a whole lot. Same thing with Dylan Lawrence. And and I tell you, I recently spoke to Terrell Buckley about him. T-Buck, how's he doing? We never see him anymore. You know, how's he doing? They're really happy about his development and about his ability to kind of uh, take coaching and absorb what's asked of him. And so uh, that's something that we'll look at. We won't see him. You know, he, now, of course, he could play at this point if he needed to and still retain the red shirt. Uh, but he is a guy that is pretty certain going to red shirt and played around in high school, you know, played a lot of different positions in high school. But uh, they like him at corner. And it's kind of a weird thing, you know, with his length and size, you would think he'd be a good fit for receiver. But they like him at corner, and, and Buckley seems to think that he's a guy that will be a real player. Hadn't played this year, so he'll be good to go next year. Uh, Brevin Jones, another guy. We mentioned those high school linemen. There's your future center. So all four of the high school linemen, and, and I think ideally you wanted to redshirt LaQuinston Sharp too, but you're able to redshirt those four high school guys. To me, that bodes well for the future. I mean, when you really begin to look at it, these four guys, Brevin Jones, 
Charles Cross, uh, Nick Penley, Brandon Cunningham, those guys will have a chance to kind of grow and mature together and kind of be a cohesive unit as we kind of move forward. That hadn't always been the case. There have been sometimes we've had to throw those guys out there before they were ready. That's not the case with this group, and I think you're beginning to kind of build. This year has been a transition year. Next year will be interesting too. But I think some of these younger guys will really challenge for spots on the two deep next year. I think you feel good about LaQuinson Sharp. I think you feel good about Stuart Reese. I don't know if LaQuinson Sharp didn't play center next year. You know, but we'll see. You know, then, then Charles Cross could step up and be your left tackle guy. We you know Tyree Phillips kind of moving on. And so you've got some losses, but I think you're kind of preparing for the inevitable situation that these guys, other guys are going to graduate. So that's your update on the freshman, and I hope I did that justice. You know, of course, Cole Smith has come in and transferred in. Marcus Johnson has shared with us that Cole Smith is a very physical and nasty football player. I think a year in the Mississippi State strength and conditioning program has been good for him. We do expect him to really challenge uh, for the uh, starting position at center next year. So when you begin to think about those things, think about next year, you've got some options there. Uh, Isaiah Zuber has come in. You know his numbers, and, he, and he's a guy that's, that's you know, come in and done some things. Been more of a factor down the stretch. I hope he gets to parade around Davis Wade Stadium with the Egg Bowl here in a couple weeks. Alan Love came in, transferred in, did not receive his eligibility waiver to be able to play this year, and then he got hurt shortly thereafter. So it all worked out for good in that respect. Alan Love will have a chance to, uh, to fully acclimate and then be a contributor next year on the defensive line. And we didn't expect him to come in and be an impact player this year, but he just would have been a little more experienced and a guy in the rotation, another body there. Now, if we, you know, Tommy Stevens has done, done well when healthy. So that's kind of where things stand right now uh, with the 2019 signing class. I want to thank our good friends at Campus Bookmart. I tell you, they've been so great to me. And uh, spent some time with them last weekend at uh, Mistletoe Marketplace with Jackson. Just a great time. Uh, Miss Kathy Brown, Stan Ray, the lovely, talented Susie, and uh, my new friend Kelly Doss. Absolutely love all of them. Everything that they do uh, to kind of help you guys find maroon and white merchandise and to kind of ensure that you and your family are completely outfitted for game day. You're going to find everything you need at Campus Bookmark. If you can't make it to town to see their smiling faces in person, let me encourage you to visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Barnyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That's BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over $50. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. And mom, on behalf of your husband and your children, they want Mississippi State clothing for Christmas. That'll make it easy for you. Just go to Campus Bookmark. They'll ship it to you for free by using that BSR promo code. I'm telling you, everybody wants Mississippi State clothing. And based on the weather today, everybody needs that new Mississippi State fleece or maybe even that puffy jacket. So go ahead and get that ordered, Mom. Maybe not just do the Christmas shopping, but go ahead and do some immediate shopping so your kids are warm at school the rest of the school year. Let's talk a little bit recruiting since we have been together last. Pleasant Grove linebacker Rodney Gross commits to Mississippi State. Not totally unexpected. The timing a little bit, I guess. Uh, you know, he was a kid that really wanted to jump on board back in the summer. And uh, when we know that sort of stuff, you know, we, we kind of put it out there that, hey, State's a leader or whatever. 
but there are times it seems like the guys are getting slow played some and we don't you know we don't we never want to do things at a kid's expense the hang up on him was never about his ability or his talent it was more about team needs mississippi state really needs an outside linebacker but rodney gross is an sec quality linebacker he is kind of in the same mold as errol thompson and so when you you go out and you recruit jet johnson you go out and recruit nathaniel watson you know you've got some bigger beefier guys that can play inside i think nathaniel watson can play inside or outside in a pinch but you when you go out there and you recruit Jacobon Brown and those guys and you go recruit Tamari McDonald, you're kind of recruiting for the spread. You're trying to get those guys that are long and lean and can really run. And State needs another one of those guys. And so as spots have become a little more precious, I think they like to take their time on gross. And again, not because he's not talented enough, but because of the fact he's more of an inside backer. We were looking for an outside backer. And I think with some attrition within the class, it made sense to go get him. I think that he is a very talented football player, 6'1", 235 or so, and hits like an absolute truck. An absolute truck. If you haven't watched his huddle video, let me encourage you to go watch it. He will change your oil for you. He's just not a long, lean outside linebacker. And so there's a lot of people that say, well, I would prefer this guy for this guy. There's most of those guys that people prefer play different positions. And so I think this is kind of one of those best available situations to say, you know what, we just this kid's too good to pass on. He had a very, very, very lengthy offer list. I'm going to run down some of this for you because I, I think you need to know, for those of you that don't keep up with recruiting you know, closely. Again, Rodney Gross Jr. ranked uh, a, rated a three-star pro- prospect with an 87-4-2 rating by 247 Sports. Former Nebraska commitment took an official visit out there in September. So Gross running down the offer list for him there are so many people out there that they, you know, their their uh, opinion of a player. It's not about who he is or what he can do. It's about who you beat to get him. So of course Mississippi State beats out Nebraska, but they beat out Akron, Alabama, Appalachian State, Auburn, Florida International, Florida Atlantic, Georgia Southern, Georgia Tech, Jacksonville State, Kentucky, Liberty, Memphis, Middle Tennessee State, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, Purdue, South Alabama. Southern Miss, Tennessee, Troy, Tulane, UAB, Virginia Tech, West Virginia, Western Kentucky, and many others. So, yes, you heard right, multiple SEC offers, including the home state schools of Alabama and Auburn. Now, those schools have kind of filled up and taken other players, but the fact – I'm going to tell you, be honest with you, anytime that uh, Coach Nick Saban pulls the trigger on an offer for a kid, I'll, I'll take that kid. Alabama can't get everybody, but at some point, Nick Saban and staff at Alabama sat down, and I think they're still the, uh, and that's still the, the 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 golden standard in college football. They sat down and watched film with this kid and said, "You know what? This kid's good enough to play here." So it's offering him a scholarship. Now, sometimes those scholarships are basically glorified invitations to camp, but I'm good with that. Then all of a sudden, you see Tennessee's offered him. Jerry Pruitt's a guy that's you know, it's you know, fielded national championship caliber defenses at Alabama. Then you see Auburn's offered. You know, I'm, I'm not saying you make offers because other people do, but sometimes that happens in this industry. But the bottom line is, is this is a guy that was highly recruited. He had committed to Nebraska, but he really wanted to stay closer to home. His family wanted him to be here. And so he comes to the SummerSlam cookout. And, and you know, that, what's, I go back and look at that. That one weekend, 
You know, and we all try to convince ourselves. You know, we, we tell ourselves what, what what we need to feel better. That weekend, when Mississippi State had their priority targets on campus, Rodney Gross was here. Rodney Gross and his mother were here. You know who wasn't here? Uh, Mississippi State commitment, former Mississippi State commitment, Jacquevon Brown from Horn Lake, and Tamaria McDonald of Memphis. Neither of those guys, despite the fact they were committed to Mississippi State, were here for the SummerSlam event. And so in hindsight, and I said it then, it is a concern. It is always a concern when you have the big event and all of the future teammates are getting together and you're not there. That's a problem. You mean to tell me if Tamarian McDonald, who's now committed to Tennessee, and listen, wish him the best, you know, him and French and all those guys, listen, go up there and have a great time. If he really wanted to get to Mississippi State from Memphis, Tennessee, on a Saturday, you don't think that one of his high school coaches, I mean, just one of them, wouldn't have brought him? Well, of course they would have. You don't think he had an aunt or an uncle or somebody else that said, hey, listen, mom's got to work, and I don't have a way to Mississippi State, and they're having a big thing down there, and I want to go down there and hang out with my former teammates. And you know what? If you, if you bring me, you get to eat too. Let's go down there. Listen, I haven't had a chance to show you around the campus, aunt and uncle or cousin or whoever or best friend. Let's ride down there together, and I'll even pay the gas money, and we'll go down there, and, hey, you can meet Coach Moorhead. And maybe uh, you'll get to you know be around the campus, and you get to see this guy and that guy, whatever. But, listen, that's where I'm going to be. Let's take a road trip together, and it's just for the day. We're just going to ride down there, and we'll go eat, and then we'll, we'll tour the campus, and we'll come back. It'll be a lot of fun. You don't think that kid couldn't find a ride? Of course he could. He wasn't here because it didn't matter to him, because the recruiting process was still open. And, and furthermore, Jacquevon Brown, who is a very talented player, I don't, I don't hate on his ability at all, rather than come to Mississippi State, he chose to go to Ole Miss. And then ultimately decommitted and committed to Ole Miss. Yeah, wish him the best. Hope he has a, a great uh, college experience, gets his degree and meets his wife and has uh, a great life. But I hope he loses four Egg Bowls. But you don't think that kid could have got here? If, he, if they wanted to be here, they would find a way. The whole they couldn't get a ride thing, that works on game day, I guess to a lesser extent. You know, sometimes you just can't work it out. And I understand we've all been teenagers at times, didn't have our own car, and we're dependent on other people to get rides. I understand that. But when there is a big event, you can find a ride. You can find a ride. Your parents will ensure that you have a ride. If they can't bring you, they will get on the phone and say, hey, listen, listen, uh, little Johnny needs to be down there in Starkville this weekend. They're having a big weekend, and, and I don't want him to have to miss that. You know, so grandma and grandma, can you bring him? And so Rodney Gross, despite the fact that he wasn't committed to Mississippi State, despite the fact that Mississippi State had not pushed him to commit, Rodney Gross and his mother made arrangements to be here. And you know what? Jacquevon Brown is committed to Ole Miss. Tarmaria McDonald's now committed to Tennessee. And Rodney Gross now committed to Mississippi State. And I don't know about you, and maybe I am in the minority, but I don't believe so. I don't want anybody from the cleaning lady to the coaching staff to be in that football complex that thinks they should be somewhere else. I don't want anybody associated with Mississippi State Athletics who do not want to be here. 
maybe I'm funny that way. And so if it's just a stop in the trail, you know, if it's, hey, I'm, I'm going to go there, but I really want to be somewhere else. You listen, don't do us any favors because there's a lot of Rodney Gross kids out there that want this opportunity. And there is no way, and I mean no way, I would hold a spot for a kid that will not make the effort to be here. Just not going to do it. I've seen it happen too many times. I've heard the whole, hey, he couldn't get a ride story more times than I can count. Now, to back it up a second here, you know, when DeMonte Russell was being recruited, he didn't do a lot of stuff either. But, you know, here's the thing. It wasn't that he wasn't just coming to Mississippi. He wasn't going to Mississippi State. He wasn't going anywhere. I can live with that a little bit. But when you're not coming to Mississippi State, but you somehow you can get a ride to Arkansas and you can get a ride to Tennessee and you can get a ride here and you can go there and all that, you know, the writing's on the wall, man. You don't have to be, you know, you know Aristotle or Einstein to figure that out. And so those are the reasons, you know, among many, that I couldn't be a college coach because I simply wouldn't have the patience for that kind of nonsense. He said, hey, Coach, hey, I'm sorry I, I couldn't be here. And that's one thing that I'll give Dan Mullen some credit for. When we had big dog camp every year, if you were a commitment to Mississippi State, unless you were in California or something like that, if you were committed to Mississippi State and you were within a reasonable driving distance of Mississippi State, you were expected to be here. And if you didn't show up at big dog camp, guess what? You were no longer a commitment to Mississippi State. And so you, you live and learn. You live and learn. Because if we're having the first official team meeting, you know what I'm saying? If like if all of your future teammates are going to be here, why would you not be here? Why would your family not make arrangements for you to be here? Well, I think what that tells me is that perhaps your family knows that you're not 100%. Because I know for my children, what is important to them is important to me. And if they need to be somewhere, if, and if I can't bring them, I will make arrangements. And fortunately now, uh, three of the four of them drive. But I make arrangements. I figure it out. Because if it's important to the kid, they'll let their parents know, hey, listen, I need to be down there. I need to be a part of that. And listen, I'm so excited to go. Hey, Mom, I know, I know you got to work. But I really want to go. I, I really want to go down there. And I want to be with the coaches. I'm, I'm, just, I'm so excited to be a Mississippi State Bulldog. You know what mom's going to do? She will do everything she can. She might even be able to take off work. But she will do everything she can to ensure that child is there. And I call them children. They're really not. They're young men making an adult decision. And so when you look back in hindsight, I think about Rodney Gross, and I think, you know what, this is the kind of kid I can win with because I can trust him. I would rather find out now that I can't trust that guy, then wait till when it's fourth and goal in Oxford with the game on the line. Because that's when it shows up. If, if you can't trust him now, you sure can't trust him then. If a kid can't come out there and just tell you the truth and say, hey, you know, Coach, listen, uh, I'm going to reopen my recruitment. And I know I'm taking a risk, but uh, I'm going to reopen the recruitment. I can respect that. I can't respect the whole thing when they interview with me and Paul Jones and others and say, hey, listen, I'm 100% solid to Mississippi State, and then the next day they go on Twitter and say, hey, where are all my Tennessee followers at? Okay, that's not committed. And I understand there is this uh, desire for followers and tweets and likes and all that kind of stuff. I get it. I understand some people need the attention. But this is big business, man. This is college football. 
And so if you're going to be a part of it, you need to be committed to it. You don't need to play games. You don't need to be committed to Mississippi State and show up with the Denny Dozen photo shoot wearing an old Miss shirt. Those are the kind of things that you should probably get dropped for. Now, listen, if you want to go to Ole Miss, that's fine. Because I've said many times on this show and others, there are some people and some kids out there that, you know what, Ole Miss is the right place for them. There are others, Mississippi State's the right place for them. And I think when you look at the, the difference in the cultures, if they value the culture of Ole Miss, they're not going to be happy at Mississippi State. If you value the, the ideals of Mississippi State, you're not going to be comfortable at Ole Miss. I just think it's that different of a, of, of a situation. And sometimes they just like the other guys better. I just, I just think that you can win with kids like Rodney Gross. He came here around a bunch of guys that were already committed to Mississippi State. He probably felt a little bit uncomfortable. Hey, these guys are all committed. You know, I'm an outsider in this group. But rather than stay home and feel uncomfortable and, and hope that Mississippi State would take him, what does he do? He shows legitimate interest in Mississippi State. He gets in a car and says, hey, Mom, listen. I want to go to Mississippi State. Let's go over there and see what's going on. And maybe, maybe, maybe they'll go ahead and take me. You know, maybe they'll 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 want me to be part of their football program. Let's get in the car and go. And it worked out for him because he made the effort to return the interest. Mississippi State invites him in, and rather than him just Cadillac and the whole thing and staying home, what does he do? He makes a drive over, and now he is a Mississippi State Bulldog. And I absolutely cannot wait for that kid to take field. Absolutely cannot wait. I don't know if he has 100 tackles in his career, but I know this. I know that I can trust Rodney Gross. At least today I can. I feel good about the direction of Rodney Gross. And those are the kind of kids that you win with. Well, folks, it's going to do it for today. I will be in Lemuria Books. I'll be in Jackson, Mississippi, Lemuria Books this evening from 5 to 7. We'll have a signing, then a bit of a reading, kind of a Q&A session. And uh, we're going to sell books. May I had a great time in Columbia, Mississippi. It's my hometown. Uh, I don't know that I've felt more welcomed in Columbia than I did yesterday. It was a wonderful experience. And then uh, Friday, I will be at Maroon & Co. from 2 to 4.30 with Amber, the lovely talented Amber. Love her. And then I will be with Miss Carolyn Abedi and the great staff at Book Martin Cafe from 5.30 to 9.30. They're going to have wine there. And then uh, we'll have game day on Saturday. And if things go well Saturday, uh, once I get done with post game, I plan to run down to Book Martin Cafe and probably sign some books. And then uh, next weekend, I'll be at the Lodge we'll be in Campus Bookmart. We'll be, we'll, we'll be everywhere. I'll keep you guys abreast of all that. But uh, excited to be back with you. Look forward to talking to you on Friday. If I don't see you tonight, if you're in the central Mississippi area, please come out and say hello. Great opportunity for us to kind of get together. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends and enemies and people see a difference in the way we live. <laughs>